This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you so much for your belief in me. I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in again today. And I'm so excited because today we have an amazing person. His name's Ty Bennett. Ty, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear his story. And a little background on Ty. Um, at 21, Ty and his brother built a direct sales business to over 20 million in annual revenues, which is amazing. You've also been dubbed as one of the 10 coolest entrepreneurs in Utah. He's the author of three best-selling books. Uh, you're, you're, we talked about he's writing another one, actually, as, as we speak. Uh, he was featured as one of the top 40 under 40. Um, he's, a, he's the host of his own podcast called The, Rev, the Revelant. Is that right? Relevant. The, the Relevant. Hello. <laughs> the re, yeah, the, the, the Relevant Leadership Podcast. And, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's developed a system and an, organiza- an organization that will help over 500 sales managers fine-tune their sales and leadership skills in over 37 countries. And, I mean, there's just so much that he does. And I'm so excited to have you on. But... Probably last but definitely not least, he's a husband and a father, and he's passionate about helping other people and cultivate um, people to look at new ways of living their lives and really just passionate about leadership in general. Yeah, for sure. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, happy to do it. (laughs) Excited to be on. Thank you. Well, why don't we start with, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and about your family and a little bit about your childhood. Okay. That's a question I don't get very often on these podcasts, right? We don't get to dive into the, yeah. the backstory, I guess. Um, usually starts at age 21 when I started the entrepreneurship journey, right? Yeah. So uh, I was born into a family. I'm the middle child of three. Uh, older brother, who uh, you mentioned, was a business partner of mine. And my younger sister, who actually now works for me uh, in my leadership company oh, really? as well. Oh, okay. um, we, really? So I was born in Logan, Utah. My parents went to Utah State. And then when I was five, we moved to Colorado and my parents still live there. So I grew up in Colorado, uh, in Littleton, just outside of Denver. Right. Okay. Um, good childhood, um, solid home. Uh, I, I feel like I was blessed with incredible parents. Um, they taught me how to work hard. They, they taught me how to go after things and, and they were kind of, my mom especially was the kind of parent that. She is like the best support in the world. Mm, like anything okay. that yeah. I was going to do, she was just right there like, let's do it and we'll support you. I mean, evidence of that, My, I, I feel like I was kind of entrep- entrepreneurial from the get-go. I don't know where that came from exactly, but like I always wanted to build a business or do things. And when I was eight years old, my brother was 10, we decided we wanted to get a paper out. I don't even know where the ca- idea came from. Somebody right. told us about it or something, right? right? And we signed up to do it. And the honest truth is the sacrifice was on my parents' part, mostly my mom's, right? <laughs> right. So for, up early. Yeah, and... so for the next four years, um, we delivered about 150 papers every morning at five in the morning. Wow. And it taught me a lot about work ethic, right? You had to wake up every single morning, but I just funny little things with that. I remember we got these bikes with bike racks, right? Like to put the papers in yeah. and... That worked for like the first couple days. And then the Sunday paper came. And this is the Rocky Mountain News, which is like a main paper in Colorado. And the Sunday paper is like 10 times the size of a normal paper with all the ads. (laughs) And so we only fit like 
four in these racks. And we're <laughs> right. doing the math as an eight-year-old going, this is going to take forever, right? right? So I rode down our little driveway. The bike tipped over, and I wasn't strong enough to pick it back up. And that's when my mom was like, all right, hop in the car. So oh, I think okay. every Sunday for four years, all through the winter, you know, she drove us. I mean, because wow. it was rain, snow, shine, doesn't right. matter. Uh, I, I think it probably like half killed her to like deal with that. Like I can't even imagine. I think about that now and I'm like, she (laughs) was crazy, but that's how she was just with everything, which was awesome. So when I was involved in student government in high school or in DECA or on a sports team, she just was always like, let's go do it um, and jump in. So uh, I feel really fortunate that way. I also grew up in an area where there were a lot of entrepreneurs around me. Um, my dad was not an entrepreneur. Um, he, uh, very successful in his, he worked in the jewelry industry, mostly on the sales side and, uh, was like VP of sales for some different companies and things. But, um, we had friends and neighbors and people we knew through church that were entrepreneurial. And I kind of glommed on to a lot of those people and just looked at them as mentors and would kind of pick their brain about things. And, um, so, yeah, I lived in Colorado up until I graduated from high school, and then I served a two-year mission for our church in Portugal, Okay, uh, which was a, a total life-changing experience, just incredible learning and figuring out who I was and yeah. had different leadership opportunities. And um, probably the mentor who has impacted me the most uh, beyond my parents uh, was the, the gentleman who was in charge of that mission. And we still have a close relationship today. And um, so, yeah, just some interesting things. Then I I moved to Utah after my mission to go to school to study entrepreneurship. That was always my plan. And that's when my brother and I started a business together. So you knew as a young age, this is what you wanted to do, even when you were younger. Yeah, I, you know, I I don't know why exactly. (laughs) Uh, I I knew I liked working with people. I knew that I... uh, was ambitious and wanted to go and do something big. Yeah. Uh, I, my mom always used the saying where much is given, much is required. Mm. And she would kind of push that with like, yeah. you know, you've been given gifts and talents and opportunities and you got to take advantage of that. And, uh, and so in high school, I got involved in a business program called DECA. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar, but, um, high school college students participate in different competitions and I chose to compete in the entrepreneurship category, which really was a lot like Shark Tank where you go and pitch your business idea to people pretending to be venture capitalists. Right. Um, and so I, came up with an idea and worked with a friend of ours who actually had started a very similar business, kind of modeled it after his business idea. And I mean, the long story short of it, I ended up taking second in the nation in that competition in high school. That's impressive. Um, And that really cemented the idea in my mind. Like I'm going to study entrepreneurship. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what that was exactly. Like (laughs) that's one of those fields you go into and you're like, this is a blank slate and (laughs) you're going to become an expert in nothing. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, but, um, yeah, my brother came to me with a business idea while we were in school and, and we started that and, uh, eventually built it to be very successful, um, which kind of set the stage to, for me to, follow other passions yeah. and speaking and things. And I do want to talk about that, but I also want to, I want to stay back here in your childhood. Okay. I mean, you're obviously, I mean, when people know what you do, you're up on stage a lot, you're, you're helping, you're coaching, you're, 
you're being a mentor, you're, you're showing what leadership really looks like, very confident person. <laughs> were you always this confident kid? Like even growing up, were you, or did you have times where you, you didn't feel confident? I mean, because, you know, I, I know every kid goes through their own little struggles here and there, oh, but I was sure. just curious what that was like for you. For sure. I think I've always had a, a, a pretty strong sense of confidence. Um, but I think confidence is interesting because in different areas, you're more confident than others, right? right? Um, you know, if you were to say, hey, go uh, hang a picture on the wall, like my confidence is gone. Like <laughs> I'm not handy at yeah, all, right? crooked. Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> like yesterday, literally, I was in my daughter's room and this picture is hanging like sideways and I picked it off and looked at it and I was like, oh, well, and I put it back up sideways. <laughs> like I just left it. Um, That's so awesome. I think we all have areas in which we're confident and other areas. So like when it comes to speaking, I've never been afraid of it. Like, mm. m- like I was missing which is that. Pretty rare. I was missing that yeah. natural emotion that should happen. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I also will go back and watch video of me. And I, when I thought I was good, I was not good. Like I've put in a lot of work to get much better sure. at it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I think, um, I think that there there was always confidence there, but I also, I was willing to jump into certain things. And because of that willingness, I think I was given a lot of opportunities. Right. Um, leadership opportunities and chances to speak in front of groups and different things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it was there, but it, it's been developed as well, if that answers the question. No, it does. And, and again, I think sometimes we're, we're confident, like you said, in certain areas, other areas we're not so much. And obviously going back to your story, you're saying even at a young age, you knew you kind of wanted to do your own thing. You know, you kind of like, that's the road you were taking. I'm sure your mission helped in it being For in, sure. and in the DECA program and all those things probably were cultivating this along the way. Yeah. Your paper route, you know? Yeah. It's interesting when I look back at it now, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a culmination of things that you learn and kind of yeah. mold you. Right. And and there's, you know, I mean, different sports and different things that helped me learn tenacity and some of those types of things. And even in that and failure, right? Being cut from the high school basketball team, which was devastating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember, actually, I have a very vivid memory of that experience with my dad because he came to that tryout and mm. he just sat with me on the stairs and cried. Wow. Like, he didn't say much. It, we just sat there. Like it just hurt. Right. Yeah, Sure. Um, sure. but I, I, I learned how to push through that and come back. And uh, honestly, I don't remember if we had that conversation, like, okay, are you going to work harder to make the team this next year or whatever? But I did, yeah, um, right. I ended up, you know, that was my freshman year and I ended up working hard and making the JV team. Um, so yeah, I, I, those are all little molding experiences that yeah. the culmination of which I don't think we recognize unless we stop and look back. Yeah. And the reason why I'm asking these questions, because again, when people know what you do now, you know, they look at you up on stage and you're doing all these amazing things and you've got your podcast and your books and videos and everything that you're doing, which is amazing. You know, I think it's good for people to know that, you know, you had some struggles growing up and it's kind of like, but it happened for you. Like you said, you learned to push through those tough times. And I think that's a big lesson for all of us to hear that because you could have given up on basketball. Like, well, you know what? I didn't make the team. Screw it. I'm I'm not going to try out again. 
you know, but you're like, no, I'm going to work harder and try to make it the next year. Right. Yeah. I, um, a vivid kind of learning experience I had, I, I don't know if I was eight, 10 somewhere. Uh, it was before middle school. I remember that there was a race in our community. I don't even know what it was for. I, in my mind, it was a 5K. It was probably like half a mile. I have right. no idea. <laughs> um, but I remember running this race. And the the end of the race, there was this hill hill that you're going up. And kind of all the parents were like waiting at the end, right? And yeah. I was battling for first place with this other kid. And as we started to that hill, I was gassed. I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> like, And he starts to pull away a little bit. And I remember my dad coming out from the side and starts running next to me. Wow. And he said, go catch him. Like, he was like, push, you don't quit on this, right? And wow. and he pushed me and I did. I, I pushed through and ended up winning this race. Probably meant nothing. But the part that I remember about that, because I, I can tell you, I could walk you to the point in the street where this happened. We're walking home. I know exactly where it is on this road mm -hmm. that leads to my parents' house. I remember my dad saying to me, you could be successful in anything you do in life because you've learned to push through the pain. Wow. And that lesson's always stuck with me because yeah. there's so many things that I've done. I mean, anything worthwhile that there's points of pain that you want to quit, right? right? There's points sure. that you're like, what am I doing? Right. Um, and, and that those words always kind of come back. Like you push through the pain. Like that's yeah. how you get to the other side. And, it's okay that it, it's supposed to be painful. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think, I mean, we all have those struggles, right? We yeah, all have those times. True. And to be honest, there's plenty of times that I have quit in that moment. Right. I mean, yeah. when you look back at it and go, yeah. and we were talking about this before and we're talking about, I am struggling to finish this book that I'm writing right now. Yeah. I just can't like sit down and do it. I don't know what the deal <laughs> is. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, it's not like this is my first book. This is my fifth book. It's, right, you know, like yeah. I should be like a machine at this be, point. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, we all have those things that we have to figure out how to push through in there. It is. It's painful as much as we want it to just be an easy process. It just never is. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's very well said. Thank you for sharing that part. So, you know, coming back to, you know, your, your brother came to you with this idea that you guys, you know, obviously went forward. Talk a little bit about that experience. Um, Obviously, it was a direct sales business, over $20 million annual revenues. Obviously, you grew it to be very successful. Which sounds great in the end, right? But getting there, like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a process. And, yeah. and getting there, there are so many ups and downs of building a business. Um, and, you know, we were young. I, I think we had a couple things that worked for us. Uh, one, we were young. And because of that, we realized we were kind of dumb. And so we were teachable. Yeah, um, which right. helped. Right. Sure. And we, we had some really good mentors that helped us in that process along the way and, and had access to some people who knew how to coach us through it, which I think is such yeah. a helpful thing. And I mean, such a one, I say that because people listening to this, I love that they tune in to listen to you and to other people right. that you bring on and that they're yeah. seeking guidance, right? I think sure. we all need that. Yeah. Um, and three, I think we really learned how to work hard and, you know, and push through and, and not quit on that. And, you know, I'll be honest, there were times that I'm sure I wanted to quit and my brother kept me in it and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and then the reality of it is 
it was hard to build a business together. Um, yeah. You know, I joke from brother. stage often because I've since sold my half of the business to my brother. So from stage off and joke and say, you know, and now we have a great relationship, which <laughs> is funny because it's actually true. Uh, yeah. You know, because they're, you don't see things eye to eye, you know, he takes credit for things that I want credit or vice versa. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, just struggles of yeah. relationships and you add a business to it and it just is what it is. So um, it was a awesome learning experience. Sure. And the thing that I found for me that I think was important in the process of, of that business is what drove me was the leadership and people development side of the business. Okay. What I fell in love with was what I do now. Um, and that's right. what happened as I built this business and went, this is not my passion. My passion is over here. Mm. And so I'm going to go pursue that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, so many lessons uh, learned in that process, yeah. learning how to work with people, learning how to present, learning how to sell, learning how to lead, learning how to uh, get people to develop a system that's duplicatable. I mean, just all the business building lessons that, you know, it right. took to get there. Yeah. How did your brother handle it initially when you said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go do this now. Was that a, was Not that a difficult? Great. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately I'm losing that, my partner. Here, yeah. You know? I mean, that, that's <laughs> kind of what happened with us is okay. we had to, once we got to a certain point, our visions differed right he right. want he saw it going one way and i saw something different and and so we had to find the balance of that and um for us the balance was you know what you own this business and go make it your baby and i'm gonna go do this and make it mine and okay. let's cheer each other on not be mad at each exactly. other for this process right um and and it's worked out it's it's great and and awesome. i wish him all the best in that and you know it's also changed the dynamic of our relationship because as entrepreneurs, I, I'm very one track minded. I don't know if right. you can relate to this at oh, all, yeah, for sure. but like <laughs> we have kids around the same age. We, and all we talked about was our business. Like the fact now that I talked to him last night and we can talk about what his kids are up to yeah. and what their Christmas plans are and all those things like that part of a relationship That's kind a of point. got lost yeah, a little bit in the sure. fact that we had a million things on our mind and what's going on with this guy and how's this situation and what about these products like why shipping delay you know just everything yeah no that makes a lot of sense you know and and again if that's what's come of this that your relationship's even closer what's that worth right well you in know? the end i think that that's the point right yeah. um and i don't know you can always make money uh, you know find ways to do that and yeah. i i think that uh yeah, I think it's been the right choice. I think it's been a good thing for yeah. both of us. And I think we both feel more fulfilled and confident and, um, I don't know, secure in what we're doing. Right. Like it, it's it's who we are and we can own that and, and be happy for each other. I think I, I'm, I, I'm always, I, I feel like I've been having this conversation with my kids lately. And so it's fresh in my mind, sure, but yeah. um, with... Uh, I'm a big believer that when you can't be happy for other people in their success, that you're not in, there's something amiss, right? That you're not in the right frame of mind yeah. and, and emotionally there's something going on. Right. Um, when somebody has something that is good that happens to them and it hits us as 
hurtful or painful, that mm-hmm. envy or whatever pops yeah, in, right. that should be like a gut check to us to go, okay, like yeah. I'm not seeing this the right way because we should be able to cheer each other on. And I think we'd lost that a little bit for, for Scott and I. Um, yeah. and, and I think we've found that, you know, just, That's it great. was just the dynamic of all yeah. of those things. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think that's one thing that I always try and watch for myself is when other people succeed, I should be cheering for them and yeah. be completely excited. Uh, and if I'm not, there's something that is amiss with me. Yeah. You know, I can relate with that. I think it, it you know, I work with a lot of my clients where it typically means that they're um, uncomfortable in their own skin. Yeah. They feel insecure about themselves or, man, they're successful. Why am I not there? And they feel hurt. You know, and it's easy to go to comparison. It's, it's right? easy to yeah, do I mean, that. It's, it's such a natural sure. thing. I love the the phrase you use, comfortable in your own skin, because I, I've, I've coached a lot of speakers and mm-hmm. CEOs and different people on presentation skills. And I think that's like the biggest key. And I don't know yeah. fully how to teach that because there's right. a lot of emotional work that goes into that, right? Sure. But you can tell when somebody feels comfortable in their own skin. They There's just an authenticity that you can connect with. Exactly. And when somebody's trying too hard or putting on a show, you can also tell that. You can see right through that, yeah. And I think we have pretty strong BS meters, you know, in us. <laughs> yes, and, we do. <laughs> and, and even if we don't consciously go, that's uh, not right, we just kind of pull away. Yeah, we feel something's off, like yeah, you said. for sure. Well, no, that's awesome. So now, you know, why don't you t- let our listeners know what are you doing now and explain exactly. I mean, you're doing a lot. You got a lot going on. Uh, too so, much, but yeah. 2020 shut it all down. So it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that too, but tell, let our uh, audience know what you've been doing and what exactly you do now and, and how you coach and cultivate and mentor yeah. leadership and people in, in companies and organizations. So in 2000, going back to kind of this break of like, I wanted to pursue something else. So in 2008, nine, I founded another company called Leadership Inc., which Mm -hmm. is a speaking and training company and, uh, really launched that in 2010 when I wrote my first book called The Power of Influence. So I started speaking, um, and that quickly became probably the main thing that I do. I give keynote speeches all over the world for different companies and organizations, um, or I did, and then travel stopped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I usually, you know, up until March of this year, uh, would speak uh, on multiple continents all over the U.S. about 100 times a year for different organizations. Wow. Uh, and I was thinking about that. I mean, just in, you know, January and February of 2020, I spoke in I don't know, probably 15 different states and a couple different countries. And then March happened and I haven't traveled since, which is the weirdest experience I for bet. me. <laughs> um, but we're doing a lot virtually. And, yeah. you know, there's some definite benefits to s- virtual events because I've been able to speak to groups all over the world that, you know, maybe didn't have the budget or different things to right. make that happen um, or to bring groups together that way. Uh, so, so I've written four books. In the intro, you said three best-selling books because one didn't do so good. Um, <laughs> hey, you can't win them all. Yeah, Come it on. just happens. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, working on my fifth book. So yeah, I usually nice. write a book about every year or two. Okay, um, great. And uh, so I'm kind of constantly always working on that, all in kind of the leadership communication realm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where uh, I spend most of my time. So I speak to a lot of sales and leadership groups, and then I do some coaching and some um, 
mentoring for different organizations and specific leaders at times that reach okay. out and, and want to do that. Um, I'm currently putting together, I've never done this before, um, but in January, I'm going to be launching a masterclass uh, that will be mm -hmm. online, um, virtual. We'll limit the seating to like 30 people right. and, um, and uh, dive in deep on influence, um, building influential relationships, communicating with influence. Um, so really content from the power of influence and the power of storytelling, two of my books, uh, and then some additional stuff and, and be able to be pretty interactive. I've now, I don't know if mastered is the right word, but we figured out how to use Zoom very effectively because I've <laughs> done it a lot. Right, and, yeah. uh, and so, yeah. you know, being able to put something together like that is something right. I've thought about for years. And to be honest, I was just so busy on the road all the time Didn't that I just kind of yeah. went, yeah, it's not going to yeah. happen. You know, um, I launched a podcast, um, you know, over a year ago and I enjoy that. I enjoy these kinds of conversations yeah. and for, if nothing else, it gives me an excuse to connect with and have for deep sure. conversations with some people. Yeah. Um, and it's a medium I really enjoy. I enjoy listening to podcasts. I enjoy, um, finding great, um, content that's out there. Uh, so yeah, it, all that keeps me busy. Plus I've got five kids. Oh yeah. A baby came this year. Yeah. We were, we had a 14 year old, 10 year old or 12 year old, 10 year old and seven year old. And then we just added a newborn. I don't know why we can't family plan very well, but, <laughs> uh, it's been kind of awesome. Yeah. And uh, this year, especially cause I've been home and, um, the other kids are so much older and, and get a chance to interact with him, you know, in a different way. And so a lot of helping hands, which is yeah, nice, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, busy in all good ways. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, this year has been a different animal for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think I can relate to, you know, everybody else wh whose industry just like shut down and who had to go, well, okay, what now? And, and honestly, March and April, we just kind of sat there and went, okay, is this the right. end of the world? Or are we just waiting this out for a couple months or <laughs> right. what are we going to do here? And then we kind of realized we had to settle in and in the event space, I think a lot of people realized let's do some virtual events and um, are finding their way. And luckily, I think what I'm seeing is 2021, there are more groups that are starting to say, okay, we're going to have some live events. Right. It might be different than what a live event used to look yeah. like for a little while or whatever, but I think people are... I think we're all dying to be back together I know. Um, to uh, interact and engage yeah. that way. But I also think virtual events are going to stay and um, I miss the human connection. Yeah. Uh, but I also can appreciate that I can do a virtual event and be done in an hour and I'm home. Yeah. You didn't have to go to the airport. Yeah. Stay in the airport. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Right? I don't know. There's times right now that I'm like, I just want to go get on an airplane. <laughs> like I just right. miss it. Um, sure. But uh, yeah. So uh Leadership Inc. continues to, you know, just be what my focus is and okay. and really trying to add value to to individuals and organizations as much as I can. And yeah. typically I'm doing that in like a keynote speaking role, but sometimes in a consulting coaching role and other times through books or videos or podcast content. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, again, I love what you do and I, I know you do so much. I know you're, you're really big on teaching principles. And one of the things I know, you call it the core four. Mm -hmm. And you say that we're creators, connectors, contributors, and coaches. Mm -hmm. Will you just give us a little background on that and, and maybe just give us a little 
a snippet on each one and yeah. how we're creators, how we're contributors, you know, how we're connectors and how we're coaches. So this is the, n- not the book I'm currently writing, but the next book. Okay. If so I we're get jumping to ahead it, here. if I get to it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, and in fact, this one I'm, I'm writing with a couple other people and one okay. of them reached out to me yesterday and was like, all right, let's get going. Let's get going. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'll just give you the honest truth. As I look at, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And okay. um, so when I think about leadership, my example that I come to is Christ. Okay. Um, I started to kind of play with just this idea of like, okay, if we're supposed to be like Christ, what did he do? Um, and in fact, I, I asked my kids that and like, who was Christ? What did he do? And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, like, what did, what did he physically do? And they're like, well, he created things. He, he would help people. Mm -hmm. He would, uh, be with people. He would teach them. And the more I thought about it, those four attributes, those four activities is what he spent his time doing. Um, so, I don't know how much I'm going to write about that, to be honest, in the book that I write, but that's where the yeah. idea came from. So okay. I'm just sharing that with you, you know, being no, thank real you. about it. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. That's how I see that. So if he's the exemplar, but then as I really thought about it, said, okay, what actually brings me a sense of fulfillment? What brings joy in my life? Yeah. It is when I'm creating something. It is when I'm connecting with other people. It's when I'm contributing or serving others. And yeah. it's when I'm coaching. Like I can't, I can't come up with an activity that makes me truly happy and fulfilled that doesn't fall in one of those four categories. Right. And so conceptually, this was just like this model or the this idea that I was like, no, that's where we should spend our lives. And then in my work, I work with leaders and I'm like, well, that's what leaders should be doing. Yeah. Like a leader's role is to be a creator, solution oriented. Yeah. Let's figure out how to solve problems, create systems. What, how are we going to achieve what we're going to achieve? Their goal is to connect with their people. Like, I mean, all of the studies that you look at is people stay and leave based off of connection with the leader. Yeah, I couldn't. Right, agree and more, so yeah. it's it's how well are they connected? How? And I spend a lot of my time. My la- latest book is called Partnership is the New Leadership. The mm. basis of that approach is the way that you choose to lead is the will impact the way your people show up. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, they should be contributors. We should be service oriented. We should be servant leaders. We should go out and help other people. Um, yes, it helps other people, but service serves the server in huge mm. ways. I, I mean, there's studies that show that you're healthier when you serve other people. Yeah. There's studies that show that you're happy when you serve other people. And actually there's studies that show that people view you as a leader when you serve other people. And so I think that's an important thing to do. And then leaders are coaches. We're all yeah. coaches. And yeah. when I, I'm sure when people hear that, they're like, I'm not a coach. Like, right. uh, you know, I'm, I'm on this podcast listening to Todd because he's a coach. Well, the reality is we are in situations where we coach friends through things. We, we mentor, we give advice, we listen. I mean, sometimes, uh, Todd, I'm sure your role is you just listen and you don't offer a solution and they're like, Oh, this is exactly what I need. You're like, I did nothing. I just, (laughs) I'm just a listening ear. Sometimes that's what a mentor or coach needs to be. Sure. Uh, But what I've found is that when we, when I'm not operating in those roles, I don't feel nearly as productive Yeah. and I don't feel nearly as purposeful. Um, And so 
the premise of what will be eventually a book. Okay. This is a promise. <laughs> okay, Mark's words um, right here. You okay, heard it so first. Okay, <laughs> so here's the reality. Um, I was on a podcast with two really good friends, and they brought up this core four idea, um, which I I put out as a video somewhere. That's probably where you found yeah, it. Yeah, I found it on a video. You, yeah. You, presented right? it and I was like wow this is so cool this is good okay stuff. so I agree I think it's a cool idea yeah and I shared this and Becky Higgins one of them uh, who was hosting the podcast said if you don't write this as a book and I jokingly I just said well let's all write it and because in my mind I was yeah. like this is another idea that I don't know what I'm going to get to and they're like all right like and we started to like really explore it but um I I do think that from a uh purposeful standpoint i think when we can operate in that core four it changes things for us um regardless of our role regardless of what we're we're dealing with and i mean you know a lot of your work you deal with you help people who are going through tough times who are dealing with addiction some other things i think that core four is essential to find a road map that helps you to stay on purpose uh, and to to really find something that engages you and fulfills you so that you don't fill that sense of void and try and fill that with other things. Yeah. Wow. I love my first thought as you're saying this, you know, this eliminates, if you do these four, you know, do your best at them. It eliminates selfishness Hmm. because the world I'm in addiction, addiction is the most selfish thing on the planet. When, when one is addicted, I, I will lie to you. I will cheat you. I will steal from you. Get what I want. And it's about me. Yeah. What I love about this core four, if you think about it, it's all about reaching out and doing yeah. something for someone else. Like you said, and I love the honesty, be like Christ. Yeah. You know? That, that's a great distinction. I, I, um, I, I think that's why we're here. Yeah. It, it, like, and, and is, that's the hard part and it doesn't make logical sense. I feel like I'm lucky in the fact that I was raised with religion. And sometimes people don't feel that same way about religion. That's fine. But just the the simple fact that that is a natural thought process for me that I've been raised with to say to find happiness in me, yeah. I need to give to other people. Right. Which doesn't sound like right. the right approach, yeah, right? It's sure. like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but the distinction I think that we start to find over time is that we're talking about mo- m- like moments of happiness versus joy and purpose and fulfillment. Yeah. And, and you, you can't find that internally. You have to find that reaching out to other people. And, yeah. um, and even like the most introverted people will say they don't enjoy people. Like I, I've worked with some IT groups and stuff. Not that that's fun, but, um, <laughs> right. but, like I always come at leadership from the people side of leadership and sure. they're like, no, we're IT guys. Like well, that's not us. <laughs> but even that, yeah. there's something in us as human beings. We need connection. Yeah. We just do. We, th- we crave it. And you're probably seeing this more than I'm seeing this, but 2020 has been hard on us because of that. Yeah. People Absolutely. like, and I don't think we've seen the full ramification of it. I think there's that like hitting us now, but the longer this carries on, the harder that becomes because we're not getting that fulfillment. And the unfortunate truth is probably the most isolated of us all. The ones who need it the most are the ones who are suffering because of it. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not trying to make this political. I'm just saying no, the reality, I, I, 
I have some strong political feelings about it, but <laughs> the reality is like we need that in our lives. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. In in my world, we'll say connection is the opposite of addiction. When you're you're never more fully alive than when you're connected. And mm. when someone's an addict, right, what do they do? They isolate. They shut off all the healthy relationships. They isolate from all of that. And so, I mean, what you're saying is spot on. And these same core values, I mean, would work in the world I'm in, you know? And yeah. I, that's why that's why I pointed these out because I like it. when I was studying up on you and looking at everything that you do, there's so much we could talk about, but for some reason, these four stood out to me the most because one of the things I tell my clients is that you're powerful beyond measure, you're a masterful creator, and you have the dignity to choose. Mm. Those are the three that I'm constantly, you know, I call that the core, you know, foundation. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're kind of saying almost the same thing here. Um, but well, I, I just love that. I love that you found that because I do think, you know, I mean, it, it makes for a, a deeper conversation yeah. in is something that I think is really important. Sure. Uh, I do think that most of what's said, like I think truth exists, right? I think yeah. that you and I probably teach similar truths and sure. and we say it in different ways. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's part of the process is because sometimes the way that we say it hits people the right way and they can hold on to something. And, um, I think one of the things I always try and accomplish, I think master communicators take complex ideas and make them very simple. Yeah. Uh, and so trying to find how to do that in a simplistic, memorable way is part of my job. Right. And, and you might spend, you know, I spend years thinking about how to teach a specific concept in a way that, sticks with people and it, yeah. maybe it's the right story or maybe it's the right wording or uh you know the right catchphrase or whatever it is but um those concepts when people can hold on to them and therefore use them in their daily life right. become more powerful i love that now i'm gonna ask you a tough question because i know there's probably many things you could say here but throughout all your leadership training and your mentoring and coaching and everything that you're doing what's one of the constant principles that you're you're always like, is there something that you stand on on every platform principle wise? And I, I know that might be a big, that's why I'm saying it, there might be 10 of them. I don't know. Yeah. But is there one that stands out to you that you always are making the point? Yeah, I think um, conceptually, I believe that ever. so I, I work with so many different audiences, you know, right. so many different groups. I'm not industry specific. It's not one yeah. specific group. Okay. So you know, in a given week, I might be speaking to leaders in a retail space and then, you know, salespeople for insurance and then car people, like it's all over the place. I think that the reality is, as human beings, we're all in the same business. We're in the people business. Yeah. I believe that business is about relationships. Um, and my favorite leadership quote of all time, I wish I said it, but I didn't. John Maxwell said it. He said, you can love people without leading them, but you cannot lead people without loving them. Mm. And so all of my work, I come at leadership from the people side. I'm okay. not your operational guy. That's yeah. not my expertise. And so I'm always coming back to this idea of we're in the people business. It's about relationships. It's yeah. it's about how do you really care? Do you want to connect? That impacts the way that you communicate. I spend a lot of time talking about that. Right. But conceptually, I think if we approach it that way, in that we understand the importance of connection, we understand the importance of people, and we value those people. Uh, to me, that's the basis of leadership. Love that. 
Very well said. <laughs> um, I saw one of your tweets. You said, um, and I think it was even today, greatness is not what you have. It's what you give. Again, it kind of goes along with that core four, right? Yeah. Giving, yeah. Of, giving of yourself to someone else. Like, that's what greatness looks like. Well, and, right? and you think about just the staying power of that. Like, so it's interesting. Last night, I was having a conversation with my oldest daughter. She's 14. And we were talking about, um, I actually called her out on something like talking bad about somebody. Oh, okay. Um, and she's a great girl, like way better than I am um, <laughs> as a human being right. and just competency, <laughs> like all around. Right. <laughs> um, and she kind of pushed back and I was like, no, you're, you're upset because you're wrong, right? And then as we were talking through it, um, I told her about a friend. I have, I, I have a friend in high school. I've maybe seen him 10 times since high school. Like right. we're not super close. Yeah. Um, but she met him recently because uh, just an interaction we had. And I, I remember this friend, I don't remember him ever calling anyone out, like saying, guys, stop doing that. Or you shouldn't say that, or we're better than this. I don't remember him ever like shaming anybody. Right. But I also can't think of a single time I ever heard him talk bad about another human being. Really? And she was like, that's awesome. And I said, Andy, the cool part about that is it's 20 plus years later. And I remembered that about him. That's what I remember. Yeah. Right. And she was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be that good. And I was like, I for sure wasn't like, I, I, I get yeah. that. But you think about what stays with people. It, yeah. it wasn't that he was, it's what he gave like, or in that instance, didn't like it was, it's the person the value that he brought to the table and just by a quiet example of literally not engaging right. in probably nine out of ten conversations as teenagers have is talking about somebody talking about someone. yeah like that you we don't talk about concepts that often we're usually talking about people <laughs> right. and uh just an awesome yeah. example to me right and yeah. so i i just think we what we give I mean, that's what's going to be talked about at our funeral. Right. That's what's going to be talked about. Like, it's it's the interactions. It's the the things we leave people with. It's it's when we reach out. It's when we go beyond ourselves. I love what you pointed out about that core four because I just hadn't thought about it this way. That it's every one of those ideas are selfless. If we could, now we're we're never going to live where we aren't selfish in a lot of our day. Right. Uh, but if we could live where we were more selfless, even just like a small percentage of the yeah. day, the impact that that has on everyone else. What? Yeah. So every week I, I put out on social media, Monday morning mantra. It's like a little video, yeah. just like a saying, like a, here's an idea for the week kind right. of idea. I've been doing it for years. Um, and it's kind of like, I used to do it where it was just a quote and I, I walked into certain people's offices when I went to work for their company and they had like my Monday morning mantras all over oh, their right office. On. I'm like, that's cool. That now that cool. they're video, I don't know what they can do with them. But um, <laughs> that's but cool though. A couple of weeks ago, I put one that's uh, the mantra was reach out to one new person every day. And the reason I did is because I have found in the last, I don't know, a couple months that when I send a, just a text message, just touching base with people, the response I get is like, oh my gosh, I needed this. Right. 
like way I was and like the first couple shocked me. I'm like, oh, I had no idea they're going through something like that. And then I was like, oh, everybody's going through something like right. that. Yeah. And so I I just think we if we can step outside of ourselves and the, that's the funny part about that core four is it comes back to you so much more. It brings so much back to you yeah. that you end up better for it in the end. Yeah. It's like the law of you got to get, if you give, you get. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's so much more than you ever can realize until you start doing it. You'll, you'll be able to experience all this amazing things that come yeah. back your way. Beautifully said, you know, I want, man, there's so many questions I want to ask you. Um, what is, what does a day look like for you? And outside of your profession, obviously that keeps you so busy. I understand that. But like, what do you do to keep yourself like centered and feeling good about you and feeling connected? And, hmm. you know, I, I know you're, I know you're uh, faithful in your religion and maybe that's obviously a part of it. it so is, yeah. would you share that with us? Yeah. Um, great question. So there's things that um, I think we all have to find our own patterns and routines, right? Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, when you look at that core four for me, connection with other people yeah. is part of it. But for me, connection with God is part of that too. Yeah. Um, so prayer is part of my day every day. Um, some people might call it meditation or, you know, but, um, and my wife, for example, she, she is a big into meditation. She loves it. So, I mean, yeah. every morning she will do like a 10 or 15 minute meditation oh, right and it's been an awesome thing for her. Yeah. Um, Exercise is an important thing for me. Um, I, I I don't know if you've ever heard the, of the concept of floor and ceiling goals, but yes. like floor goals would be like, I'm going to do this at a minimum every single yeah. day and ceiling goals would be like, this would be the ideal, right? right. Um, so I had a guy on my podcast. He's 74 years old. His name's Jim Cathcart. He's a speaker friend of mine. He's written some books and uh, awesome guy. But at 74 years old, he does 100 pushups a day. And he has for three plus years. Wow. And I was like, oh, I'm a wimp. Like, <laughs> right. uh, So August 1st of 2019, I started doing 100 push-ups a day. Okay. So I'm almost a year and a half into this. Have not missed a day wow. since then. So that's my floor goal. Like workout-wise, I don't care what happens. I'm and, getting that done. And yeah. I have had days that I was on a, an airplane the entire day. And I landed at like 11.50 at night and in the, right there in the airport, I'm pumping it, like everyone's walking off the plane and I'm sitting there doing push-ups, and they're like, that guy's weird. <laughs> right. And he is. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> he is weird. So, but exercise is yeah. something that makes a big difference sure. for me. Um, connection with my family is an important part of my day. Yeah. And, you know, before when I was traveling, that had to be very intentional. Um, yeah. you know, as my kids have gotten older and like my oldest has a phone reaching out to her individually became something that like I could add to not just reaching out to the family. Right. Yeah. Um, we do family prayer at night and I can't tell you how many places and locations I've done family prayer, like on, you know, mute in the middle of a busy airport or yeah backstage right before I go on to speak or like, wow. but prioritizing that, That's right. Awesome. Making that something. Um, yeah. and then I read, I, I read a lot scriptures, um, for me personally, like daily, but then I'm always reading something in my realm, leadership, you know, development, 
sales communication something because I think there's so much great stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, and a, a lot of times, probably most of the time when I'm working out, uh, podcasts are part of that process. So okay. I listen to great yeah. podcasts like yours and others um, to try and, you know, fill my mind with as much as I can that way. So uh, there's several things I do, but it's pretty rare that I I miss that the the physical for me is a big one it's a big one yeah because what i found is that i feel like a lot of people look at physical like energy is this finite unit and as soon as we use it up it's gone and what i've found is that we're more like power plants and we're growing yeah. in energy right okay. so yeah. the more i work out the more energy i have and i yeah. need like constant energy sure. like non-stop um, I'm not big on sleep. I know I should be, but like I <laughs> sleep less than most people. Right. Um, but I just feel like I, I need to be yeah. going and doing. And um, so, yeah, those are probably the main things. Okay. Uh, I don't right now. My routine is different and off because I'm home and I have a baby and like yeah. finding the balance of all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not one that I'm like every day I wake up at this time and this is exactly the flow of it most days it's pretty consistent but there's yeah. some variance to it but those things are important that i fit them in there wow love it very that's awesome man and you know i have a i have a son-in-law who does 200 push-ups every day oh gal yeah and one he, up me i, I gotta step up well i know and i i'm like i look at him going dude and i feel like i'm, I'm a wimp you know what am i doing well no i so, I, I need to increase it to be honest because yeah it, you know, just like anything, right? 100 push-ups now is not hard for me. Oh, I'm sure you can um, do it like just and, nothing. But. You know, where I started and I was like, okay, sets of 20. Yeah. Okay, just kidding. Sets of 15, you know, like, <laughs> but now like, you know, yeah. two quick sets of 50 is like it's cake, nothing. you know? Yeah, so, awesome. um, and there are definitely days, like if I'm getting in a better workout, there's lots of days that I'll do, you know, maybe 300 push-ups yeah. or whatever if, I, if I'm like doing right. chest or something. Um, but yeah, to have something that like, this is a minimum I'm going to do yeah. every day. I like, it. I don't care if I'm sick, if, you know, I had COVID and it really wasn't that bad to be honest, but, um, right. you know, I still am going to do a hundred pushups, like just as what it. is. And, you know, maybe they're going to be slower or whatever, but you're yeah. going to get them done. Very cool. Well, if, if there's someone listening to this podcast right now, who's struggling, who is, you know, wants to maybe do something like you're doing and, and be more disciplined in their life or they're just having a rough day. I mean, what what message could you, what challenge could you give them right now to maybe break out of this rut that they find themselves in? Obviously, you've shared some great principles that they can do already, but is there something specific of that one person who's listening to you right now who's struggling? Well, first off, I want you to know that you're not alone in that. Um, we all struggle. And... I also think that uh, we often get in that place where we feel like we're just stuck and we're alone. And mm -hmm. the reality is there's a lot of people who are willing to help, who want to help, who would be there for you. Um, but I have found in my life the, the easy is not the right word. Um, the quickest way to resetting my mindset is to serve someone else. And mm. um, the fastest path to me not focusing all of my attention and thoughts on myself is to throw them on somebody else. Um, I had a cool experience oh, that's like awesome. that. Um, so 
several years ago, I, I did a TV segment where I talked about uh, the benefits of service. It was like around Christmas time and just it was on a local TV station around here. Um, I had this lady who reached out to me a few months later and sent me a note on social media and she was like, hey, I've been following you and I appreciate your stuff. And, you know, and we kind of went back and forth and she's yeah. like, if you're ever in Arizona, I really would like to meet you. I have something I want to share. And as fate would have it, it worked out. I ended up meeting her. She came to a speech uh, that I had there and we sat down for like five minutes before the speech and, and she goes, you changed my life. And I was like, I don't know you. So I really doubt it. But, uh, <laughs> she had gone through a divorce. She was, she said she couldn't get out of bed for like three days. She just was stuck. And she ended up in like this rabbit hole of YouTube. Like, I don't know where all she went, but somewhere she watched that TV segment. Really? And it reminded her of a truth that she knew that when you serve other people, it makes you better. So she got out of bed, she got dressed, she grabbed her 13-year-old daughter who had been fending for herself for three days and said, get in the car. And they drove around Arizona until they found a homeless shelter. They walked in and they said, we're here to serve, put us to work. She said she went to that homeless shelter every day for the next 90 days. Wow. And I was like, yeah, you for sure changed your life. That was not me. Right. And it changed her. She's like, I, now I go once a week. I have been for a couple years and like that's powerful. Her, her life was totally different, but it's hard to just consciously change your paradigm and go, okay, I need to focus in a different direction. Sometimes just you got to physically do it and the mind will follow. Yeah. Great advice. I think I couldn't agree more. Um, when we, when we give away, we, again, it goes back, we get it back. Mm -hmm. We truly do. Well, thank you for sharing that. If uh, those who are listening want to reach out to you and get to know more about you and find out more about your your leadership courses and things like that, what's the best way and where can they find you? Yeah, um, tybennett.com is my website. Uh, on any social media, you can find me under the same name. Um, I'm pretty easy to find yeah. if you if you just look. <laughs> For uh, sure. <laughs> if, you, if you can spell my name. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'd love to connect. I'm pretty active on social media. Um, on almost every channel, uh, except for Snapchat. I've never used that. I don't know how, but, uh, I know I'm with you. I have no, (laughs) but you know, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, LinkedIn, um, all those. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love to connect with people, love to hear from any of you. And, uh, you know, if I can be of service, happy to do it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Ty, for taking some time today in your busy schedule. And I really, honestly, it's an honor for me to you, for you to be here. No, like I'm sitting great. here in the office with you and I'm like, man, I got Ty Bennett in my office. This is really cool. You got to aim higher, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but again, no, I, I, again, I, you could be doing a thousand things today. So thank you so much for being willing to do this. It really means a lot to me and I know it's going to mean a lot to our listeners and that's you giving it away. So thank you so much. Well, I love what you do. I yeah. love that, uh, that you're putting this out there on a regular basis. And, yeah. uh, obviously the impact of this is, is, growing you yeah. know as you see the number of people sharing yeah. this and and loving it and subscribing and i think that's a fantastic thing yeah, thank you well thank you go uh thank you uh ty bennett uh, please reach out to him tybennett.com and uh obviously he's, a, he's an open book and he's shared some amazing things with us today i want to thank the listeners for tuning in please uh listen to this obviously and share this with others that you may know that may need a little uh boost and 
you know, those core, core four, you know, creators, contributors, connectors, and coaches. I think if we kind of live in that area in our lives, man, we're going to be reaching out and it, I, it just hit me so hard that I think that takes away selfishness. We, we become selfless and I love that. And Ty, thank you for your influence on, on me and this world. You're an amazing guy. And, uh, I know you've heard that before, but and I know you. I know you're a very humble guy at the same time. But we do appreciate all that you do and being a light in this world right now. I'm happy to to be here. Thanks for the conversation. But thank you, and thank you, listeners. Until next time.